Welcome back to the Stay Room Only Podcast, episode 101. We are, uh, yeah, we're starting the triple digits. Technically started last week, but first episode into the triple digits. Went to the Bulls game this week, so we'll be talking about that experience, especially playing against the Hornets, who are an up-and-coming team. A lot of free agent signings. The deadline for the lockout is approaching quickly. It will happen shortly after this podcast is recorded. There are so many deals that happen because guys wanted to make sure they got paid beforehand. As always, you can follow us on social media at SROnlyPod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Follow our personal pages. Mine is at the Healy6. And I am iGoose with four O's. As always, hit that follow button. Let's talk sports, people. We got a lot going on, Healy. Got a lot going on this week. Yeah, we uh, we went to the Bulls game, start out. Went on Monday, Bulls versus Hornets. What a game. What a game. You got to see LaMelo versus Lonzo. The energy. As soon as that tip-off happened and Melo was driving down the court, with Lonzo guarding him, the crowd went berserk. Berserk. Actually, the first few possessions back and forth, they were going pretty nuts. Um, one of the best games I've seen in person. I've been to quite a few. Um, this is probably the best game I watched of the Bulls this season, considering, you know, injuries, uh, COVID, uh, other mishaps with the team. Levine was not even going to play because he woke up with an illness, not COVID-related. Ended up playing, game-time decision. Bulls won the game 133-119. to Huge high-scoring game. A lot of action. Both sides. It was... I, Bulls almost blew a lead say. in the fourth. They, they blew the lead. They actually were down. They get It got to the point where the Hornets got within four points. And then the Bulls threw some of the starters back in, and then we saw them take off again, which is nice because it, it kind of shows that. Because the Hornets, to me, and I picked this game on purpose, is because I know the Hornets are a very good team. I feel like they can compete in the East as a at least a playoff team, top eight or top ten with a play-in. I think that in the next couple of years, we will be taking them seriously as a four, five, six seed. And it was just action-packed, and and the Bulls went into the into the second half. I mean, into the fourth quarter, up by, what, 20 points? Around there. It was like 17-ish. And then they, and, uh, the Hornets went on a 21-6 run in the first five minutes of the quarter. It was nuts. It was nuts. I, was, I remember seeing fans who left for the fourth quarter to go grab food, maybe get some beer before the, you know, the last call. Fans are coming back, and they're like, what happened? Like, well, this happened. And and it wasn't it was it was, I don't want to take away from the Bulls I don't think it was a problem with the Bulls the Hornets were just hitting everything and the Bulls weren't scoring for that little stretch which didn't help but they ended up going the Bulls ended up going on another huge run they only got outscored in that fourth quarter by just a few points because they ended up winning by fourteen in the game they got outscored by five points in the fourth quarter when it was seventeen at one point so overall it was a good game Vooch. Vooch had his game of the season finally. I know he's been knocking the rust off. He he was in the COVID protocol. Um, comes back, has some okay games. This game he shoots 12 of 19, 6 of 6 from downtown, 14 boards. He even had five assists, two two key blocks in the game as well. Vucevic, DeRozan with 28, Levine with 25. The funny thing about Vooch, too. It was either after his first or second bucket. I'm like, he's dropping 30 tonight. You called it. You said, watch this be his, his finally his 30-point game. And the confidence with, was amazing to see with him, too. And it, you know what? I think the matchup was perfect because the Hornets were playing hurt. And I don't want to take away because I actually think P.J. Washington is a pretty damn good basketball player who just – it just hasn't like he hasn't been consistent enough to where he's going to start. And Plumlee is the veteran center, but Plum Plumlee being out forced the Hornets to play PJ Washington, way more minutes, Kelly Oubre, way more minutes. 
and uh, McDaniels as well. Jalen McDaniels, we saw a lot. They only had three bench players that whole game. Um, seeing PJ Washington come in the first quarter, I think he had like four or four from three. And I was kind of shocked. Like, it's one thing to get, see Terry Rogier go off from downtown or any, anybody else in the league to go off. But to see PJ Washington do that, I knew it was going to be a high scoring game considering the fact. Um, but Vooch, that matchup was perfect. I mean, he was he had his back to the basket. He worked he worked the big man moves just just right. He's I mean he was hitting that little hook that he does. That little finally. hook shot, yeah, in the paint. Um and you know, the ball movement helped. The ball movement was it's almost like watching the prime Spurs 15 years ago with Popovich and that ball movement with Tony Parker, Ginobili. Bowen, you like all those guys. And that was opening up the three-point shot for Vooch. And he drilled, he shot 100%. He hit six of six from downtown. Name another center that can shoot that efficient. There's not many. Not many. Yeah, and lately, he's kind of been hesitant on shooting threes and just shooting in general. He gets the the ball, and he was kind of like a pass first. He's like, oh, my God. And then he's like, oh, I have the open shot. Oh, he throws it up, and it misses. That game, he was like, got the ball, I'm wide open. I'm shooting it. Money. Yeah, because the game before that, he shot three of nine. He played 30 minutes, scored seven points. 16 and 14 points games are like his average right now, I would say, considering we have so many scorers and we're not going to have a 250-point total game every game. But it's nice to see him gain this confidence from this one game because he's a veteran. He's an all-star. He is somebody that once he knocks the rust off, as we mentioned, he will get it going. Not to mention the other guys balled out too. We did see Io go in there. He airballed a three. Um, but you know what? His energy, it's, it's crazy seeing him and Caruso in person as well as on TV, obviously. The crowd loves these guys. The MVP chance for Caruso at the free throw line. Caruso, I know he missed a couple of free throws in the game, and I don't know if he's just a bad free throw shooter. But besides that, dropped 14 points at with ease. Five of seven shooting from the field. Kobe did okay. Kobe, Kobe airballed a three, I believe, as well. Yeah. Uh, he had a big one. Kobe's going that. to. He shoots a lot. I mean, he's got to. Bruce was a 75 or 74% in his career free throw percentage. This season, he's shooting 85, though. Okay, so he's up in his career. Okay, so that's what you expect from a guard. 80, 80%, if not more. Um, obviously, some of the best out there are 90, 95, 96%, Steph Curry. But how about the fact that our big three, and I know I mentioned this after the game, Vucevic, DeRozan, Levine, 30, 28, 25. We haven't seen a big three do that probably since the Miami Heat with LeBron, Bosh, and Wade. I can't think of a big three that's done that in the last 15 years. Maybe 10 years, I'd say, because Boston's big three might have done that once upon a time. Uh, Durant, Westbrook, Arden. Okay, so that's around that same era with the Heat, mm-hmm. too. Yeah, around there and... But these are maybe, all maybe Kyrie, Kevin Love, and LeBron, but it was mainly Kyrie and Yeah. Um, Kevin Love took the backseat. I'm sure they had a couple of games like that. But again, you're naming teams that competed for the title. And yeah. that's the that's the key indicator uh for me is because you know the Bulls are without Pat Williams and probably will be for a while. Um I I I think that the Bulls are in a good position right now. I think that they're in a very good position. And definitely have to check out a couple more games this season. The UC was bumping, and a lot of people are excited to go, and ticket prices are showing as well. Mm -hmm. Like, if you want to attend a game right now, you need to, like, uh, give up some cash to attend. But it is worth it, especially if you find, like, a decent, matchup you'd always find some bucks. cheaper cheaper uh tickets if they face like a, a worse team but if you find a decent matchup you might as well take advantage and go 
you pay for quality and these guys are delivering every single night right now even in games that they lose there's close games as a fan it's yes it is up compared to what it used to be but you got to you got to go you got to go if you're a bulls fan and you're not too worried about being around people during this day and age with everything that's going on i say find a game doesn't have to be versus the best team there's so many good teams out there this is actually one of the Ticket prices that were on the cheaper side being the Hornets, which I was kind of shocked considering the matchup, Melo versus Lonzo. How about that? That matchup was incredible. LeVar was in the building. We saw him taking pictures with fans. We That was a good matchup. I think Lonzo played better, even though the numbers, when you look, if you don't look at the field goal per, uh, percentage, the numbers were kind of there. Lon, uh, LaMelo had 13 assists. Um, but I feel like Lonzo just balled out and horrible calls against him. He was sticking uh, LaMelo so well defensively, and there was a lot of bad calls. <laughs> At least they uh, they got better towards the end of the game, and it didn't affect the game as much. But, yeah, there was a point where the Bulls were on the bad end of the calls, and the Hornets got some stupid free throw. But either way, Bulls pull out a W. They're going up against the Knicks and Nets this weekend. Another couple tough games. And I just like how every single game, not like, all right, here come the Bulls. All right, here, here's the here's the loss that we're guaranteed to. No, every game it's like, all right, let's ride. Let's see it what these guys can do. Dunk fest. It was just a highlight filled game, and it's like that most games. I mean that that. That mid-range toss-up from DeMar DeRozan, the and one that he got, which was well-deserved because he also was not getting any calls. It was like, it's almost like the refs were trying to help the Hornets any way possible. But that was nuts. The dunks were nuts. Javante Green, at some point, if it, I could see him flying out of the building, it it's it's an exciting time, and I think it's time to take the Bulls serious. Actually, after their, their West Coast run, I, I'm taking them serious as a top three team. Matchup of the season so far happened last night between the Suns and the Warriors. Oh, yeah. And the Suns came out on top. Hurry. Uh, Michael Bridges has been a beast on defense so far this year. He's stepping up his game. He guarded Curry last night. Curry shot like 40% when guarded by him. He guarded James Harden in the game before shut him down and the Suns won by like 10 points I think last night yeah they ended up pulling it off by eight points um which obviously going into that game you had the Wizards who or I'm sorry the Warriors who practically are the best team in basketball um Phoenix was the favorite since they were home they did cover the spread two and a half points the over under was 221 that hit under at 210 which I don't want to say is a surprise because Phoenix actually has a solid defense too. Um, so not a whole lot there, but I mean, Jordan Poole did well. Andrew Wiggins did okay offensively. I mean, you don't really expect Wiggins to have a great night, but mm -hmm. this team for what it was, if you told me Devin Booker's only putting up 10 points, Bridges is only putting up two points, and I didn't look at the bench, I would have probably had gone Warriors all day by at least five points. But Cam Johnson coming off the bench, which I've been talking about for a while, is somebody they got to keep around. 14 points off the bench. Shaman had nine off the bench. Good acquisition. Some of the other guys stepped in. JaVale McGee had eight points. But DeAndre Aiden and Chris Paul were the Big factors. DeAndre Aiden going 24 and 11. Uh, Chris Paul, 15 and 11 assists with six boards, five steals in that game. That's a lot of turnovers from the Warriors, and that, that proved to be a deciding factor there and obviously what they did on the defensive side. But I know that um, these teams will see each other again multiple times throughout the season. Friday is going to be the next game for the Warriors, and it's actually at home against Phoenix. Ooh. Um, they, yeah, so they're back to back, but they're at home. And then can't forget about the Christmas Day games. You still have the Warriors versus Phoenix. To me, those games are 
not to say that not every game is serious because they're they all matter but the christmas day games there's always crazy games the matchups are nuts it's almost like a playoff vibe and um but i guess it's one game at a time but this game as of right now with the warriors being home the warriors they don't even have the spread or the favorite yet so tomorrow they'll probably have that up i would not be surprised to see warriors favorited by two and a half the same way the phoenix suns were I did not take the sun serious in this one streak. They never really yeah. played anybody. You didn't think Healthy. they were going to be like as good as they were last year either. And now they have 17 straight wins. And they beat the other best team in the league, the Warriors. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't see the Utah as being as as dangerous as they've been. I don't I just can't take Utah serious. I don't know why. But Lakers, they're definitely they're gonna struggle. LeBron's in COVID protocol or health protocols. He's gonna miss a few more games. Minnesota's looked really well, but again, they're not competing for the top four. I, it's gonna be between Phoenix and Golden State down the stretch for the one-two seed. As a matter of fact, this could be a Western Conference Finals, and I, I would pay to watch if I had to. Play mm-hmm. Thompson and uh, Damian Lee got recalled from. Uh, their G League team as well. That's a good very sign. Nice. That's very good. Yeah, I know they be said returning uh, very soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they said last week. I believe he was a couple of weeks out. Whatever that means, that could be two. It could be three. I think it's it's pretty evident. Clay Thompson's ready to go. And there was a video footage of him at the beginning of this week or a game over the weekend after their game, and he's sitting on the bench just. <sighs> After the game, just sitting there like eager, like hungry. And you want that. You want that from a guy. You don't want a guy who's going to sit there, show up, collect his paycheck, do what he does. You want a guy who wants that championship. And, and once they, they're at full health, including Clay Thompson, Lee, Jordan Poole's obviously balling out, stepping into that role. He's going to continue to get playing time. I don't know who's going to be who I would bet on it between the Warriors full health, uh, fully healthy and, and the Suns. That's that's tough to me. I probably would go Warriors in a series, but I just I'm being sold on Phoenix. I'm not sold 100 percent yet. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I, I feel like they're going to be. Tough to go against at some point just because they they feel like a more solid team. I guarantee with Curry and the Warriors, yeah, you're gonna get that offense, you're gonna get that efficiency. But Phoenix, right now, you're seeing the defense, and you have a guy like Chris Paul and guys just being efficient. And DeAndre Aiden, he stepped up big in that game. Yeah, I, I, I mean, didn't know if he was gonna have a similar season compared to last year. If he was all that, he's in a contract year at the moment, averaging 16 and 11 and a half. That's all you need from him. That's all you need. And, uh, I mean, I forgot about to mention, too, Memphis in the West, who is potentially compete, just lost John Morant. He has a sprained knee. Luckily, a sprained knee and nothing serious, so he'll probably miss some time. But thank the Lord, thank God, that he doesn't have a torn anything because he could not get up by himself. He, I don't even think he could walk off. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've seen it with great players. Knee injuries are unfortunately a common issue in the league. Nothing you could do to prevent it. They're usually non-contact injuries, which is what happened with John Morant and what's happened with Derrick Rose, other awesome stars that have went down. So good luck to uh, the return of John Morant. I'm sure he will be back after a few games, maybe a few weeks. They're still in playoff contention. I don't see them losing too many games without him. So I think they'll be okay, but that just kind of goes to show like who's really it in the West. It's Phoenix and Golden State, and that's it. Everybody else, catch up. I don't think there's too much news left with basketball. As you mentioned, LeBron is out due to COVID. He tweeted out today, something's fishy. Always oh. something with him. Yeah, we'll see what's happening with that. Bucks are losing to the Hornets right now, down 15. You like seeing that? That's incredible. 
that just goes to show the Hornets are a good team and the Bucks are healthy right now. They do have um their starting five. So. Yeah, they they have been. They really have been. somewhat. They they have almost the same record as the Bulls. Yeah, they they get off to slow starts. I think they'll be okay. Charlotte's a, a weird team. They just they can shoot lights out if they have to. And the defense, I mean, the problem with this game is being up a, well now eleven points. At any given point, their defense, as we've seen throughout the season and even last year, can be very lackluster. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the Bucks go on a run and win this game. Move over to baseball. Baseball is hot right now. Free agents are signing. The deadline is at midnight to sign before everything gets locked out. And we have seen a lot of top free agents sign. We might even see a couple sign during this podcast over the next 30 minutes or so. The biggest one, Max Scherzer to the New York Mets. The Mets. Huge. Steven Matz last week signed with the Cardinals. Steve Cohen went to Twitter. Apparently, Steven Matz said like he would return or something like that. He gave him his word. Went away. That fired up Steve Cohen. What did he do? Goes out, signs Eduardo Escobar. That's the first piece to drop. Then he goes out and signs Mark Hanna. Good on-base guy another couple years then they go out and get a six center fielder outfielder starling Marte, four-year deal might be an over like more years than they should have i think he should have gotten like a three-year max but he got four it's whatever and then they finally get max scherzer you have Huge two of the deal. best pitchers in baseball with jacob de and max scherzer in that lineup and now you're going to have Starling Marte, Eduardo Escobar, Mark Hanna, Robinson Cano, Pete Alonzo, Brandon Nimmo, Jeff McNeil. It's crazy. Francisco Lindor. I can't imagine this. I know they lost Javi. And they lost Stroman, too. They did. Stroman to the Cubs. They've definitely made up for it. I think that at some point, I don't know when, but at some point you have to say it's it's time for the Mets. And I know we kind of said it going into last season. We thought that they would have, they would be it. And that East was very, the East ended up underperforming, I would say, compared to what we expected. Obviously the Braves, um, I think the, the Braves won their division and they won the World Series. I, yep. We don't know what's going to happen with Freddie Freeman yet. He hasn't signed anywhere. The Braves should still be good, assuming they get Acuna back, depending on when they get him back. But they still had talent all around. But the Mets, if I was a gambling man, because I've never gambled in my life, I'd probably throw some money on the Mets. I'd throw some money on the Mets. You have two of the best starters in the game, and I don't care how old Max Scherzer is. He's going to give you quality starts. Sure, he might have some bad starts getting now that he's getting older. We've seen it eh, here and there, I guess. But I will take Max Scherzer at his age over pretty much any pitcher in their prime right now. Did they overpay? I'm going to say no. A lot of guys are getting huge deals as it is. You have an owner who wants his fans to win. He wants his fans to win. He goes out and he makes huge signings, which was kind of expected we know cohen is is one of those guys who likes to give the fans uh something to look forward to let's put it that way and are they a 90 win team maybe maybe not we'll see but i i'm 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 pretty pretty confident with the splash they made the morale in 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 the with the ball club and obviously we have to get through the cba and whatnot but the morale if i'm playing for the mets I'm like, damn, he did it again. You got to be happy as a Mets player. Not just as a Mets fan, but as, as a Mets player. Just got to get that chemistry going and get the bats going. Yeah, this is what happens when you have the best owner in baseball and he's one of the newest and the guy or and he has the most money. 
out of yeah. anyone in baseball. He does not care about the luxury tax. He said he doesn't. All he cares about is winning. Baseball has no salary cap. So he's going to go out and sign players. That's what he did. And the, the Braves doing. only had 88 wins last year. And it, most of it came because they had guys like Jorge Soler, Eddie Rosario, Adam Duvall, and Jock Peterson. They all got hot. It's at the baseball's right time. all who gets hot at the right time. There's exactly. Mike Soroka went down too for them, and they still made yep. the playoffs. Charlie Morton's hurt. Who knows how long he'll be out for? But it's the Mets were expected to win last year with that team that they constructed without Javi Baez. I think they're going to go into the season still with that. You would like them to get another starter, though. After Scherzer and DeGrom, it kind of falls off quite a bit. There's still time. There's still time out there. They made trades in, in, during the last season. They got Javi. Javi's gone, obviously, to the Tigers on a pretty big deal. But one of the other teams that made a huge splash, the Texas Rangers, making some moves. They go out and get two of the top five shortstops in this class. Yeah, Seager and Simeon. I I know, and a lot of people are like, well, they're not really in a win now. They're in a rebuild. When you get two guys like that in your lineup, when you get two guys like that on the field and on the defensive side, I'm not saying that they're, that they're a contender automatically, but they have a chance to contend. Not only that, they got John Gray. Yeah, it's not going to be this year, but baseball is all about the long game. They're like, oh, why? They aren't going to do anything this year. They're going to make a little bit of uh, a mark in the season. But they have so many top 100 prospects. Their farm system's good. And this will only lead to more people signing with the team in the future. You aren't exactly. paying these guys to win next year. You're paying them to win in three or four years at most. That's why you give them the, the longer contract. And it's like, well, why get these guys now? Simple. They're not going to be there next year. Somebody else is going to grab them. Get them now. Have them go, di- go through the growing pains. And I don't think it's going to be a whole lot. I think Texas, give them, a, like you said, a year or two. They should be able to compete in that division. Especially with the free agency class next year not being good next year's class is not great at all i can't even tell you like a name but like this this class is just so much more loaded compared to others so you had Semyon, who's a seven year 175 million dollar deal 25 per year which i think is pretty good seven years will take him until he's 37 38 Cool, a uh, baseball you pay guys for to produce for a few years, and if they are bad at the end of their contract, most likely their team's good and it's they're young enough to where that money doesn't matter and they aren't paying guys, or uh, the team's just bad in general, so it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And then Corey Seager, ten years, three hundred twenty-five million dollars absolute monster contract carlos correa is still available he's going to get a lot more a guy who signed for a little bit on the cheaper end which i said he deserved 22 23 i thought he would have gotten more with how these contracts were given out though avi Baez went to the detroit tigers it's official six-year deal uh the tigers have spent a lot of money this offseason they were like fifth. Now they're going to probably jump up to third or something spending this season, this off season, 140 million for six years. I don't know. I, I just hope he keeps going on the route that he was going on, but Javi, you get some good moments. You're going to get some bad moments though. He's a good team leader. Their team won 77 games last year. That's mm-hmm. kind of wild to think about. And they still have a bunch of top prospects to come up. And they could spend on some guys in free agency to still help out that team. Tigers are coming up pretty quickly. And that's why the White Sox need to do something now before it's a total battle for that division. 
The uh yeah, yeah. The White Sox, they they all they did, they went out, they re-signed Lurie Garcia, who actually had a pretty good year. He's been consistent for them. Not a big name, but you get him, and then I think they uh signed Kendall Graveman, um, which I assume is gonna be out of the bullpen. Corey or um what was who's it they got from the Cubs? I'm drawing a blank right now. To where? Who the the reliever from the Cubs oh, that they Kimbrel? traded Nick Magical. Yeah, Kimbrel. I can't remember. Was isn't he a free agent now? Or do they still have him for one more year? I think they got him back. They did. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they still have. They still. The, the Sox should be good. I. I don't know what else they really need. I know some guys were. They did hurt, not take back to Para. Which is okay. Yeah. That's okay. But yeah, so now you have Graveman, Kimbrel, Hendricks, seven, eight, nine. That should be pretty good. That should be pretty good. But, as you said, how much longer is this winning window going to be for the Sox? I the mean, guaranteed I give, winning window. The guaranteed, right. Two years guaranteed. Three's a stretch. Obviously, moves are to be made. The Sox historically, the White Sox historically, kind of go through this, these runs, and then it's another 10 years before we see them make any moves. Uh, so we'll see, but I, I'm still confident. I still think the Sox are going to be one of the best in the AL for the next two seasons. They should be the best in the Central for the next two seasons, bearing any injuries, knock on wood. Sox played very well, considering they were hurt most of the season with some of their best players. Eloy was hurt. Lewis Robert was hurt. Um, Giolito for a little bit was getting beat up, but he ended up getting it together towards the end of the season. Uh, it's just, they had a tough matchup in the playoffs. I mean, you played a very, very hot Houston Astros team. Uh, they went and I mean, they even battled it out with the Red Sox in very, very high scoring games. So I do think that the Sox next year should be able to get, to, get it together. They're going to be my early bid for the AL uh, team to be in the uh, World Series. You go back to the AL West. AL West is going to be a great division next year. Tough, tough. Seattle, I thought they were going to make a lot of moves. They did make a big splash. They signed Robbie Ray, the Cy Young winner, with a five-year, $115 million deal. I don't know how he only got 115 He tech He has the most strikeouts per nine in MLB history, which is That's great. That's nuts. You yeah. Darvish held that. Nolan Ryan, another guy up there. But strikes out a lot of guys going to Seattle. That's like their only move so far. They've been linked to a bunch of top guys, and they just haven't signed there. Marcus Stroman was another guy linked there. They thought they may have gotten Semyon, but maybe even Javi. They have not made any moves besides that. And then you also, have the, you also have the Angels. Who signed Iglesias? Yep. Who's really good. They re signed him. They got Aaron Loop, best lefty in baseball last year. They had Trevor uh, Noah Syndergaard. Yep. And then a, I think they made one more move. It might have been it might have been it though. But they're like they're solid. Angels are are gonna be a competitor in the AL West. And that leaves Houston. Is that every team? Yeah, the A's. The A's are probably going to be really bad last year. Yeah, they the A's. What they won like eighty five games or something like that last year, which was pretty good considering the fact. But I don't know how much longer they're going to keep. At least a five. Maybe they'll be five hundred next year. So it's a tough division, though. It's one of the toughest. Between that and the AL East, I don't know who's tougher. I'm going to go with AL East still for now. I It, it is always tough just because you have the main names of the Yankees. Sox. Yep. The Blue Jays, though, they did lose out on Robbie Ray. They did sign Kevin Gosman, though. Coming off a great year with San Fran. Uh, paid him $5 million less than Robbie Ray. Should help out that team quite a bit. They made another signing here. I'm trying to, 
trying to figure out who maybe they re-signed someone signed yimmy garcia david phelps i think they're in talks with oh they re-signed jose brios they gave him a, a huge extension i think they're in talks with freddie freeman though so that could be cool. that would be huge that'd be big time like they need another bat over there well technically with marcus Semyon gone they could use it different position but still yeah who knows they might get trevor story someone like that uh byron buxton wanted to talk about him i just got reminded of him of jose barrios what a great extension for him. Mm -hmm. seven years 100 million dollars it's huge he produces he produces not only does he have one of the best cards in mlb the show but yeah i saw that pop up on my feed earlier today um The Twins, I guess the Twins are like one of those teams where you never know what you're going to get year in and year out. Mm -hmm. A couple years ago, they competed. They were really good. Last year, they did okay, I guess. At best, they were okay. But Byron Buxton was nuts. Dude batted like over a 306 or something like that. Yeah, the dude had a 4.5 war in 235 at-bats he wow. played 61 games last year and finished with half the war that Shohei Otani did for the year the whole year yeah he is nuts and he's getting paid 15 million dollars a, a year and I talked about this last year a good stat to know that fan graphs they value war so if you want to see if a free agent signing's okay or if a contract kind of works out for them, one war equals $8 million. This dude needs to put up two war per year, and he pretty much does that on the defensive end alone. Wow. He's put up 7.5 in his career, 1.2 last year, 1.2 the year before, 1.2 in 1.1 in... 2019.3 in 2018 he only played 20 games 2.6 when he played a full season like you're gonna get the value alone defensively and then his bats there too what a fantastic deal no tra full no trade clause but as we know in a full no trade clause if the team's bad and they get to a certain point they could always just trade him away and he'll accept it mm-hmm And then, uh, yeah, Marcus Stroman to the Cubs. Weird yeah, deal. Three-year deal, $71 million. Skim hit 25 the first two years, 21 the last year. He could opt out after the two years. People are like, how does he gain more money per year than Kevin Gosman, Robbie Ray? He accepted less years. And the Cubs, they are not paying anyone. Marcus Stroman also said on the Marquee Network tonight, he went to the Cubs because he thinks they can win. He wants to go to a team that can win. You might think they won 70 games last year. They don't have anyone. That's a good indicator. There's still a lot of free agents on the board. But him signing, he signed within 24 hours as well. He got contacted last night. His agent was like, Chicago's interested. Flew overnight, LAX to Chicago, got his physical, signed the contract, done that's wow. a good sign i really hope them getting marcus stroman means that they are going to sign a couple nice pieces and this is not going to be a rebuild they said it's Chris. not going to be a rebuild but they they could there's freeman you have castianos chris bryant there's trevor story out there they could get carlos correa carlos rodan's still on the market uh hershaw's still on the market they could get that suzuki guy from Japan, Kyle Schwarber, Kyle Seeger. Okay, now you're just getting in names that Anthony Rizzo could always come back, but there's still a lot of top guys. If they sign one or two of them, it could be a, in they a decent compete. position for what the Central is at the moment. Yeah, and they have the money. They have the money. 
If you're going to sign, their payroll's at one fifteen right now. What's their cap? The luxury tax is two ten. Oh my gosh, they they could definitely go out and grab a few guys if they wanted. Obviously, big names you got to limit that. But I mean, if you get a Freeman or a Chris Bryant, that'd be cool. I think Freeman definitely produces more offensively, but. Those are some big names. You get another man in the rotation as well. All of a sudden, you're talking 15 games over last year's. I mean, they played practically with a lot of their guys gone the whole second half of baseball. Some guys stepped up. Patrick Wisdom stepped up. Frank then Schwindel. Another, yeah, Schwindel. He, he was awesome. You're getting Magical back. Nick Magical because they, they were able to trade for him. And I think that by signing Stroman, who in recent years had one of his best years, he's going to bring a lot to that to that uh, rotation. They still have Kyle Hendricks, right? My my yeah, going crazy. They, do. they still have Kyle Hendricks, who he's a good pitcher. I think for what they got him for, he's a good pitcher. He reminds me of like a, a Greg Maddox <laughs> in a way, but we'll see what ends up happening because that Central Division is always up for grabs at this point. Milwaukee was really good last year, but they went on a crazy good run to end the season, like the whole second half of baseball. Cardinals randomly are good too. Like they, you you never know what you're going to get from this division in particular because it's either hit or miss. And most of the time there's two teams that really are just not good. And then you have everybody else competing. Mm -hmm. So the fact that yeah. the Cubs won 70 games and they have the money right now. They have to spend the money. If they don't spend money as a Cubs fan, I'm sorry. Yeah, and they have the prospects coming up. The timing is there. They might be one year off like on being a decent team, but you make the signings this offseason. You have Brendan Davis coming up, Miguel Amaya, Patrick coming up. They have some pitching prospects coming up. Yeah. They, they could be decent. It could definitely be decent. So I wasn't expecting Strowman to sign with the Cubs. I was kind of shying away from it too because his ERA has been good. He's been good pitcher, but his advanced analytics have been like, he is not good. He shouldn't be having these numbers. They just need a good defense around him, and I think he'll be fine. He's a ground ball pitcher. Wrigley Field kind of is a pitcher's ballpark in a sense. If the wind's blowing out, uh, you are out of luck there. Yeah. But for the most part, their their fence dimensions are a little weird. And Nick Magical, solid defender. And if Horner could play solid defense at short, good. Then he should be fine. I'm excited to see what happens. I hope I hope we get some more signings before this midnight deadline for the cba or they 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 end up coming to a conclusion on that which it doesn't look likely so stay tuned next week we'll have pretty much maybe depending on what happens some more signings chris bryant some other big names mariners are trying to make a splash cubs are trying to make a splash there's some other teams looking to spend money and it's 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 bound to happen over the next couple weeks i mean some guys end up waiting till january it's possible so we'll see what ends up happening there yeah, let's uh, finish off the podcast with some football now. Your Packers beat the Rams. There's a statement game for them. Aaron Rodgers didn't practice all week. He got like a broken toe. He was showing his foot to the camera. Gave a free preview to the OnlyFans. On Twitter, he, too. He, um, he, he played a really good game. He played a really good game. The uh, the defense to me was the biggest surprise, only because it's the Rams. They're star studded. They gave up a big touchdown to Van Jefferson. They gave up a big play to Odell. They give up the big plays. That's the story of Green Bay for as long as I've been a fan. Even in the years where they've had good defenses, they tend to give up big plays. We saw it in the playoffs last year against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, a couple big plays that cost them. But overall, they went up against one of the best defenses in the league. They went up against one of the best offenses in the league. 
and they came out on top. Aaron Rodgers had a 97.2 quarterback rating. Actually, Matthew Stafford had a pretty good game too. Should have had another interception that got dropped. Don't want to talk about it. But the fact that the, the, the running game, one and two, were both doing it for Green Bay. A.J. Dillon went for about 70 yards on the ground. Aaron Jones played, even though he was hurt, limited snaps, looked pretty well. And the defense, the defense got to Matthew Stafford, hit two sacks, interception, forced key turnovers, um, forced a fumble, and they ended up winning. They won by eight points. They, the Rams scored uh, at the end. They scored a touchdown and a two-point conversion. Packers basically already had the win in the bag. And now Green Bay goes into the bye week. And then after the bye week, they have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which is another playoff matchup. So the Rams is a playoff preview. We've seen um, Arizona was a playoff preview. They've beaten two of the best teams in football. Uh, Arizona, who was undefeated, they beat Cincinnati, who I think is pretty good in the AFC. They beat the Rams. And um, I'm sorry, they have the Bears. I thought they had the Bucks for some reason. It doesn't look like they do. They have the Bears coming out of the bye week, um, which I think they should be able to handle the Bears, but the schedule does get tough from that point. You have Baltimore, you have Cleveland, Minnesota, who Minnesota they lost to, and then Detroit to wrap up the season. So hopefully they can win most of those games and get into that last week. And if they need to win that game, I'm sure they'll pull it off. They want that uh, home field advantage, especially with Lambeau and how cold it gets. But that was a huge win. That was a very huge win for Green Bay, um, considering that was probably the the next best team they had to go through besides if they ever had to play Tampa. For some reason, I thought they had to play Tampa, but they don't. Um, Because that that to me right there is going to be the team to go through in the playoffs. Tom Brady, January, February is pretty unstoppable. (laughs) and no doubt about that funny thing about tom brady and like the patriots mac jones filed for mj10 today a trademark uh doesn't doesn't sound yeah it doesn't sound as cool as tb12 nah mj10 i guess it rolls off the tongue a little bit dude's awesome they won another game They lead the division by half game right now. Yep. They're bye week next week. They didn't just win. They dominated Tennessee. I know Tennessee's a little hurt, but even then, Tennessee's been playing pretty well. Dominated Tennessee. Best team in the AFC hands down right now. They do have... Actually, I would say, you know, we said Tennessee, New England is the the matchup for the best AFC team. This uh, upcoming Monday night football game, Buffalo. New England, New England's traveling to Buffalo. Uh, obviously not a far travel for them, but this is going to be the matchup for the best AFC team. They have Buffalo twice still. They have Buffalo by week. They go to Indy, which Indy's been playing pretty well. Jonathan Taylor's probably going to, if Indy can somehow make their way to the playoffs, I can see Jonathan Taylor being up there as MVP go-getter. Um, after the Colts, they have Buffalo again. Then the schedule gets a little bit easier with Jacksonville and Miami. So definitely a tough three games coming up for New England. And this is going to determine, are they who we think they are? And Buffalo's, are they who we think they are as well? Because they've seemed to be struggling a little bit. They started off hot, lost a couple games here and there recently. They look human, if you will. Josh Allen looks human. The defense looks human. We'll see Monday night. Any other big news in football that we're forgetting? Adrian Peterson signed to the practice squad for Seattle. I didn't even realize he got released from the Titans until I saw it was, that. It, if Unless you played fantasy and you had him on your team, you would not have known that. I only saw it because I got the notification that he got dropped by all these fantasy owners, and I looked, and the note was, hey, he got dropped by Tennessee. They waved him. So it kind of makes Pete sense. Pete Carroll goes and grabs him for the pra- practice squad. They are without Chris Carson. He's on the IR, which makes sense. Go grab a veteran running back because if they do sneak their way into the playoffs, who knows? If you can get 10, 12 touches out of him, maybe he'll do some things. Yeah, he 
he he didn't average too many yards per game. He averaged 4.4 in his last game, which was cool, but the previous two he he didn't get anywhere. No, he uh the the father time or the grandfather time, whatever whatever the the saying is, it definitely caught up to him and you know yeah, you just never know. Maybe Seattle has something up their sleeve. I highly doubt he'll be on the roster after this season or even by, for the playoffs. But with this week coming up, we do have some key matchups. Thursday night football is packed. Cowboys, Saints, Kamara should be back. Cowboys are the favorite at four and a half points. I assume the Cowboys should win, but you just never know with that sneaky Saints defense. Um, you have the Bears going up against the Cardinals. I think this is the game where the Bears just unfortunately are, we can say that they're out of playoff contention unless they pull it off. They can pull it off. Uh, the Cardinals are favorited seven and a half points with an over under 45 and a half. Um, there's not really any good matchups. Denver and Kansas City. That's a, that's a divisional game. Denver six and five, Kansas City seven and four. Um, that is the Sunday night football game. They're giving Kansas City 10-point spread. Uh, besides that, there's not really much. Baltimore and Pittsburgh is another divisional game, but Baltimore, I assume, should come out on top. They are giving them the uh, 4.5-point spread. We are getting to that point in the year where you teams are either really good or they're really bad. That's and Yeah, it, they're it's a not like make, not. It's not like make-or-break games. Maybe the Seahawks were like three and five, and they were going up against a five and three team. Yeah, Wilson being hurt kind of kind of hurt that for them, but I mean they're still not a bad team. I mean they're not a playoff team in my eyes, but with the uh, wild card uh, in the NFC, at least you have the Rams seven and four, San Fran six and five, Washington at five and six. There's other five and six teams: Minnesota, Atlanta, New Orleans, Phillies five and seven. They haven't had their buyer yet. The Bears, if they can somehow go on a little winning streak, Chicago fans, they might be able to sneak in to that third wildcard spot. So you can't count them out yet, but they have to get through Arizona, or else I would probably say they're done. I think that's going to do it, though, for this week's episode of the Stand Room Only podcast. You guys do enjoy. Thanks for all. Follow us on social media. At SR Only Pod. Uh, you can find my personal page at the Healy Six. And I'm iGoose with four O's. Hit that follow button. And we will see you guys next week.